Good morning, church. We're going to be talking today about how God is a refuge for us. Welcome. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors of New King Church. And this morning I'm preaching from our sunroom because it's the most quiet room in the house. I'm glad that you decided to join us. We're in the middle of a series called God Is, and we're looking at the attributes of God, and we're focusing our attention on Him as everything in our world right now seems uncertain and shaken. We're looking to the one who is certain and unshakable. And today, especially, we're looking at an attribute of God that is going to be so much comfort to us in the midst of this pandemic. And, um, and, and not only that, but this is very, very connected to something that God has been doing in my own personal life. He has been um, doing a real work in my life in regards to prayer and showing me how over these last years I have devalued prayer and I have allowed my prayer life to shrink. And that's in part because I didn't believe that there was really more being offered to me. I, I believed that I was experiencing all that there was to experience of God and and I was dead wrong. And whoever you are listening this morning, whether you are someone who's a new Christian or you've been walking with the Lord for decades, maybe you're even someone who's in ministry, you're a pastor and you you came across this and you're listening for you don't even know why. But I want to tell you, no matter who you are, there is more of God than what you're currently experiencing. And the way into a greater experience of God, the way to know Him more intimately and experience His power in your life in greater ways is to go to Him in prayer. Today, as we talk about this concept of God being our refuge, that's exactly what we are going to conclude, is that the way that we go to God as our refuge is by falling on our knees in prayer. And so pray with me and we'll jump right in. Father, I thank you for the morning. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be with my mouth right now, that you would control my mind and my words would be from you and that your scripture would pierce hearts and convict where we need conviction and encourage us to do what we know deep down we should be doing. And that is praying, crying out to you for more. I pray, God, that you would use this time right now, set it aside, protect us from the enemy's distraction and influence. I pray you would encourage your church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is our refuge. He doesn't give us refuge. He isn't one of our refuges. He is our refuge. God himself is our refuge and our strength. And so we must learn to go to him with our every need. 
When you read through the Psalms, what you're going to find is that David thought of God primarily as this, as his refuge. And he uses the word refuge to describe God 45 times. He thinks of God in this way, and he uses other words to describe it as well, that God is his rock, God is his fortress, God is his shield or his stronghold. And largely, in David's life, he was needing someone to protect him, someone to guard him, right? He's he's running from Saul, and he's fighting enemy armies, and so he, like, physically needs God to to be a shield over him. And maybe that is not the, maybe that doesn't connect with us in our modern context. But what I would hope that we can learn and see is that, number one, we actually do have an enemy that's pursuing us all the time. In the church today, we've almost forgotten the reality of Satan and his demons. But the Bible talks about spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms that we can't see. It talks about powers and principalities that are warring against us, that that want to destroy us. And it would be good if we didn't forget that we actually have an enemy out there that is coming at us day and night. And so, number one, we do need a refuge from our enemy, even though you don't think about it very often. You have an enemy who wants to destroy your soul. And so we need a refuge from, from our enemy, just like David did. But A refuge is more than that. A refuge is more than just safety in danger. A refuge is a help in need. It's refuge means a a place where you can be replenished and restored. And so one way of thinking about God as your refuge is that God is the satisfier of your soul, of every longing of your soul. And we don't Turn to God first for the satisfaction of our souls. And that's why we don't understand this concept of God as our refuge. Our tendency, my tendency and yours, is to first turn to earthly things when we begin to feel a desire within ourselves. Give you a perfect example. Oftentimes, in the middle of your day and you begin to feel this emptiness creeping up on you, What do you do? Well, what most of us do is we turn to distractions. We pull up social media and we begin to scroll endlessly because we don't want to face the emptiness that we're feeling inside. Or we go to YouTube and we watch a few YouTube videos to take our minds off of that feeling of dissatisfaction that we have. Where should we turn? What should we do in that moment? Well, the Bible says we should turn to God. The Bible says he is where we should run for our every need, including every feeling of discomfort, every feeling of sadness or discouragement or dissatisfaction in our life. We're to run to him because he's the only one who can actually meet that need. And I would argue that's how David saw God as well. It, God did I mean, David didn't just see God as his safety in danger, when you read the Psalms, you see, no, he ran to God immediately when he felt discouraged. He ran to God immediately when he needed to be filled with joy. He saw that God was the meter of his every need. That's what it means to see God as our refuge. 
We see Jesus doing this as well. This isn't just King David who did this. But when Jesus is faced with any kind of pressure or difficult decision, as ministry is increasing in Mark chapter 1, he gets away with the Father. As he's got a big decision to make about choosing his disciples, he gets away with the Father all night long. Or when you look at him about to go to the cross and he's facing the most difficult trial of his life, and he's about to be abandoned by his friends, and he's feeling isolated and, and alone, what does he do? He goes to the garden where he so often went to pray, and he falls on his knees, and he cries out to his father for help, for strength. That's what it means for God to be our refuge. He's the only refuge that will do us any good. What happens when we don't go to God for our refuge? I want to give you three things. Three things that happens when we don't go to God for our refuge. Number one is it creates a rift in our relationship with God. Because the Bible actually says that we can, we can actually grieve the Spirit of God. It says in Ephesians 4.30, Ephesians 4.30 says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. To grieve means to make sorrowful or um, to offend. Why does that offend God? Well, because when we go to something other than God to meet our needs that only God can meet, it's an idol. We have just turned that thing into an idol. And that could be something that's Bad. It could be a bad thing like drugs or um, some kind of sinful behavior. But it could even just be like food or watching a TV show, something that's not inherently bad. But when you go to it instead of God to be the thing that satisfies your soul or the thing that gives you relief from the pressures that you're facing, now all of a sudden it's an idol. Um, Exodus 20 verse 5 says, You shall not bow down to idols to serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. So when we serve an idol, which that's, that's the way we serve idols today, it grieves the Holy Spirit. He is a jealous God, and He wants to be the one we run to. He is our very present help in trouble. And Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, and 16 as our helper, right? He's the one that comes and comforts us, the comforter, the helper. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. And in our modern day, we have found countless other things to comfort us, to distract us to take our mind off of our pain or our loneliness or the pressures we're facing at work or the problems we're experiencing in our home or our marriage or with our children. And so turning to a false refuge grieves the Holy Spirit. Number two, turning to a false refuge leaves us empty because we're turning to something that only God can um, uh, we're looking for something that only God can give us and an idol is going to fail us. 
It says in Psalm 16, 4, the sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Look, we turn to these things to try and deal with our sorrows, but in the end, what actually happens is that our sorrows multiply. Sure, you might feel better for a brief moment because you went and you got that six-pack, but when you wake up in the morning hungover, you're going to be empty. You might feel better in the moment when you go to that website that you shouldn't go to, but afterwards, you're going to be you're going to be filled with shame and you're going to feel completely empty. You might feel better for just a minute while you're shopping and you're buying up stuff that you don't really need, but after you've bought it all and you recognize that it actually did nothing for you, you're going to feel empty. You might feel better for a brief moment as you endlessly scroll on social media or you click on YouTube video after YouTube video or you binge on Netflix And you try to escape from it all that way, but afterwards, you're going to feel empty. Because when we turn to our idols, they always leave us empty. And the third thing that happens when we try to go to a false refuge is they end up enslaving us. They end up enslaving us. Galatians 4.8 says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. So what happens is because a false refuge leaves us empty, we feel like, well, we've got to go back. We've got to go back again for for our fix. And so we are caught in this in this endless spiral of you know believing the lie that this earthly thing can satisfy our, our needs and our desires. And so we run to it, and then it ends up giving us a moment of pleasure, and then it falls short, it fails us, and then we are despairing, and so we run back to it again. And we end up being enslaved to the very things that we were looking to to satisfy us. Psalm 52 verse 7 says, Here is the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, taking refuge in his destructive behavior. So when we take refuge in anything other than God, it's actually destructive to us. It enslaves us, it leaves us empty, and it grieves God. It causes a rift in our relationship. I know I'm not the only one who struggles with this, who on, on any given day, I'm prone to try to escape from the pressures of my day by, you know, reading the news or going to YouTube to try to find an entertaining video. Look, we are all guilty of this. And so much so, we're so used to it that We aren't even convicted about it, if we're honest. I mean, we feel like it's just fine. It's normal. But I would argue that if God would do the miracle of opening our eyes to see that what we're actually doing is we are robbing God of the opportunity to encounter us, 
we're actually robbing ourselves of friendship with God. This is how friendship with God is built. This is how intimacy is built and trust is built, is that when we have need and time and time again, we run to him with our need and he meets us. We become friends with God. So how do we do this? How do we run to God instead of to the things that we have been running to, the earthly things that we're looking to for our refuge? Well, I've already said it, but we go to God through prayer. We fall on our knees and in prayer, we take refuge in him. Listen to Psalm 31. It's not, it's not enough just to know that God is your refuge. You've got to cry out to him to ask him to be your refuge. Psalm 31 verses 2 and 3 says, Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. This is a prayer. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Did you hear that? Because you are my rock and my fortress, be my rock, be my refuge. That's what it looks like to go to God as your refuge. This is what David does again and again and again in the Psalms. It's not just a mental assent to, okay, God is my refuge. It's actually, no, you need to cry out to him. You need to fall on your knees if you're able to in the moment and cry out to him. That is how you make God your refuge. One of the things that I'm, I'm learning is that, you know, God wants me to rush to him with my stresses in life and my, my pains in life. He wants me to run to him every single time I'm about to do something and I need him to empower me. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And you know what he said right after that? He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. In fact, in that scene where Jesus is having the Passover meal with his disciples, what you find is three times Jesus connects bearing fruit with asking and receiving. He shows that you can't do any fruit bearing without asking and receiving. You can't abide in the vine without asking and receiving. You can't have relationship with God apart from prayer. You cannot take refuge in him apart from prayer. So we should pray. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. How should we pray? Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So how do we pray? in order to make God our refuge. Well, I wanted to make this memorable, so I came up with some alliteration here, okay? This is old school. We're gonna, in order to go to God as our refuge, we're gonna go to him in prayer fast, 
sorry, we're going to go to him in prayer first. We're going to go to him in prayer fast, and we're going to go to him in prayer frequently. Look at this verse, Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge. So he is our only refuge, not one of many. And he doesn't give us refuge in something. He himself is our refuge. And as I said, our tendency is to immediately look to earthly things, other things to take away the pain or to give us the relief that we're looking for. But in order to make God your refuge, we need to make a practice of going to him first, not after we've tried everything else, but going to him first for our refuge. The second thing, we need to go to God in prayer fast. It says God is our refuge and strength. Again, he doesn't add to our strength, but he is our strength. He himself, when he provides himself to us, allows his life to flow through us, it is our strength. I think about when Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. That's what it means for God to be our strength, that he flows his life and power through us. And so I say we go to God in prayer fast because what I mean is we don't wait until our strength is depleted because we tried first to handle it in our own strength. It's not that we fight and fight and fight until now we're exhausted and so now I pray to God. It's not that I go to other things for refuge and those things failed me and so now I pray to God. It's that I go to him immediately at the first sign of trouble, at the first sign of thirst in my soul, of looking for satisfaction that only God can give me. I run to him in prayer. And then finally, we go to God in prayer frequently. So we don't just, we don't just start our day with, God, I need you today, help me out. But this is something that we practice throughout our day. He is a very present help in trouble. He is not a far off God in trouble that maybe we can get a a prayer up to. He is a very present God. He is a God who is right with you throughout your day. So as you're going through your work day and something comes up that you can't handle, he is a with you God, a very present God. And so you pray to him frequently as you're going through your work day, or as some kind of discouragement hits you, or you begin to think about what's going to happen to the world, what's going to happen after this quarantine is lifted, what's going to happen to our economy, what's going to happen to my family, what's going to happen to my job? We pray immediately. We go to Him frequently. And we say, God, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm dealing with. And we're honest with him. We don't try to use big words and fancy prayers to get his attention. He's a very present help. He's right there. He doesn't need our fancy prayers. He wants us to come to him like children and speak to him with plain words and say, God, I'm hurting right now. Could you help me? God, I'm afraid right now and I don't want to be. I want you to be my strength. God, I don't know how to handle this situation and I need wisdom. I need you to be my wisdom. God, 
I don't have enough to get by. And I need you to miraculously come through for me. Would you be my miracle? God is a very present help in our struggles, in our troubles. And so we go to him throughout the day, continually. So that's how we take refuge in God. We go to him first and not our earthly false refuges that will fail us. We go to him fast, not once our strength is depleted and we have nothing left. We go to him frequently throughout our day, continually. We put our cares before him and we say, God, I need you more than I even realize. So please come and help me. Because of the cross, we have constant access to God. Jesus, the Son of God, came and died on the cross for this, to give us access to the Father, to unite us, to reconcile us to our Creator. Our sin had estranged us. Our sin made us enemies of God. And when Jesus died on the cross, He did away with all of that enmity. He did away with our sins. Our sins are forgiven. And we now have perfect access to the throne room. And so, Christian, think of what we're doing when we neglect that access. When we try to live our lives in our own strength, this is what I've been guilty of, that God has so deeply convicted me of. I have tried to live my life so much in my own strength, in my own power. I have so many times tried to solve problems in my own wisdom. And God has shown me, oh son, there is so much more available to you if you would only ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And I believe that may be more true of us in this generation than any generation of Christians that have gone before us because of all of the technology, all of the ease that we live in. We don't run to God as our refuge. And I believe a major part of what God is wanting to do through this global pandemic is to teach his church, his children, to go to him in prayer again. That is where relationship is found. That's where power is found. That's where every answer is found. And so church, let's go to him in prayer. Let's run to him in prayer with our every need. He is our refuge and strength. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, you have made more grace available to us through the cross than we could ever imagine. In fact, you say, Father, that you have given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And this grace is stored up for us and we neglect it. We do not go and withdraw from the endless stores of grace for our every need. Forgive us, God, for our prayerlessness. Help us to see our desperate need for you. And God, make us a house of prayer. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.